This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. With me is Father Dan Schwartz. Um, so how, um, how long were you still there in Afghanistan after that attack? Three days, maybe. Three, okay. Yeah, it all kind of blended together, but we did um, what we call a ramp ceremony. Uh, some very powerful moments with that, because all the countries were lined up, lining kind of the runway, and we loaded the, uh, the coffins on. Um, and, uh, and then we, we spent uh, one or two more days just kind of getting ready to extract. And then finally, we were, we were kind of picked up uh, towards the end. The timeline, it's weird. I always see it when it's written down. Then when I actually think about it, I'm like, yeah, there's no way it was that short or that long, depending mm-hmm. on how I'm conceiving of time. Um, yeah, we packed right back into a C-17, all all kind of cattled together. I remember taking off, too. It was at night, so all the red light is on. And my guys were, oh, they're so tired. All the boys were tired. Um, and it, it was, uh, you know, I have I have my rosary out, and I'm just... I don't even think I'm praying the rosary. I think it was the chapel of divine mercy just cause I, you never know how much time you have. And so I was like, eh, nothing against Mary, but you're a little shorter mm-hmm. and we're probably going to take off. So, you know, you get jostled and you have to like settle in and that kind of thing. But it's, I like it cause you can just, when I finish it, um, I just kind of keep going around the decades, uh, which sorry if you're a purist and it's like, it's like, no, no, five is five. Like, no, I yeah. just, I just, it, for me, it just becomes something of a litany mm-hmm. and I'm doing that. Um, back there, kind of just doing some devotional prayer. And as the guys are beginning to nod off, like you just see the faces and like they look. And it's because some of the guys checked in the battalion under me. Most of them did as their chaplain because uh, they always have to check in with the chaplain, no matter what faith they are. Mm. And uh, so see him coming in 18, 19 years old, and all of them look so much older. Like that place aged them mm. um, just a week and a half. And it was weird seeing my flock all kind of falling asleep and then myself as their chaplain and their priest kind of keeping a vigil, so to speak. Um, that, was, that was a very kind of powerful moment. And then leaving Afghanistan and the, the thought being, because I, I know there was some, some media attention as to this. Um, I, I, I can't confirm it, but like as the last priest present in Afghanistan, because I know the Italian uh, embassy chaplain, he had left. Uh, they had gotten the Jesuits out, the missionaries there. Uh, the missionaries of charity had left. There was another priest who was with the army. He had left, um, and be like, "Wow, that's the last of our brotherhood in this country." Mm. And that was, whether that you know, true or not, it was just kind of a harrowing thing. Um, felt like a step back spiritually in a way. Uh, so, it, it it was a it was a huge sigh of relief to see my guys like could finally drop their guard and actually like sleep. I mean, they just passed out, um, and you know, just leaving. Uh, I would like to say that I'm never going back to Afghanistan. So there's, <laughs> there's that, uh, there's that just cathartic, just, huh. um, but then at the same time, just to see like the toll and knowing that it would continue to have a toll. Um, yeah, it was an interesting night, interesting flight. When, um, you came back, um, did you, um, I mean, did they, they helped you process it? Yeah, there was, so they brought in almost, and this is my own opinion, maybe, too much so, because I think it was a little too overwhelming for some of the guys. Um, 
they brought in psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors and other chaplains, and a lot of them did great work, fantastic work, and were very um, available and pastoral and um, understanding. I, I think the best thing that happened for a lot of the guys in that initial was just human caring. Like when we got on that plane, there was Air Force members just like, because they, they knew who we were when we were getting on that C-17. Just like, hey, welcome aboard. And uh, they started pulling out these um, uh, like Jolly Ranchers and Sour Patch Kids, like the little little things you just mm-hmm. buy at a convenience store. Like they're right on the shelf, right in front of the register. And you could tell they like had loaded their pockets before they got on that plane. Mm-hmm. Um, they must have like just heard about it and were just buying stuff. They're handing out to our guys. And you just saw like their faces light up. And as much as we make fun of the Air Force, and they make fun of us, um, you you could tell like it was just people being genuine and caring about them. There's there's definitely things that came up later that needed professional um, professional care and uh, psychological work. Um, and there's good teams involved with that. But yeah, people were very were very attuned to that. Uh, I, I'm just fortunate to be kind of working already within a very strong support structure mm-hmm. of the church, the Brotherhood of Priests, Diocese of Columbus, um, the comradeship, just kind of sharing with the other officers uh, as a peer among them. Um, yeah, there was a lot of resources that were offered. Um, I think it came a little bit of, much as a flood for some of the guys. Uh, but fortunately, you know, they always – the the Brotherhood of the Military is very strong. Mm-hmm. So there was also support found within that. Um, yeah, to answer your question in a long-winded way. Yeah. <laughs> and then you um, you went back to Camp Pendleton after? I did. Um, there was a little bit of discussion of when I should come back because you just don't extract from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We were sent to Kuwait and Saudi Arabia as holding areas. And um, the question was posed, like, do you want to go back with the initial waves, which were a lot – which were uh, – there was some thought towards that of, like, hey, do you want to go back and help with the families um, and with those initial guys who had lost friends? Or should you stay with the people who are just waiting in the Middle East and can't go home yet? Because you just can't take a whole infantry battalion and be like, and mm. throw them back home. Because uh, there's equipment, there's um, you have to decommission gear, you have to. there's all this accountability that has to occur. Um, it's a whole logistics feat. Uh, and it's incredible how quickly they mm-hmm. did it. Um, but uh, talking to my commanding officer, uh, we, we both kind of came to the consensus that uh, I, I should remain. So I stayed there until October, which is a good whole, like, another month, mm-hmm. uh, month and a half, um, uh, w- with that last wave just to focus on their resilience because there will be tons of resources with, like within the states uh, available to those mm-hmm. families of Marines. While in the Middle East, you're the only chaplain, like, available that went through it mm-hmm. with them. Uh, so that was, that was considered kind of a, a key asset. So I remained... Um, through October, well, the beginning of October, came back to Camp Pendleton, remained there with 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines. I just recently detached. A um, little different orders uh, coming up recently. Um, so uh, this is actually probably one of the last times I'll wear this uniform mm. because I'm going to put the Navy uniform back on. It says U.S. Navy on it, but this is a Marine uniform. Mm. Um, so I'll be back in the the beautiful avocados, the Type 3s. Ah. It's a wonderful green. <laughs> I'm very fond of it. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so I'm, I'm back in town for just a little bit before executing those orders. Um, what does your future hold um, with the military? It's well, in my rotation, there's um, 
I'm a, a lieutenant in the Navy, so that's an O3. If, if you're speaking Marine, that'd be a captain. Same, same rank, just different words because mm-hmm. that's how we function. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's some predictable billets or positions to fill for the O3 community and uh, for chaplains. And uh, an operational tour, just did that. That was with the Marines. Um, shore duty, about to do that. That'll be Naval Station Guam in the South Pacific. Uh, so I'll be looking after the, and that'll be like a parish assignment. I'll be at mm-hmm. the chapel. So I'll be looking after military members and their families and not going out with different units, but stable on the base as a, as a base priest. Um, but the one that hasn't been fulfilled yet that's coming up uh, is ship duty. So after Guam, um, if I were a betting man, which I'm not as a priest, but uh, if I were, I would say that there's probably an aircraft carrier in the future following Guam. Mm. And it's fortunate now because we have a, a bishop coming in, which is fantastic. Um, and so his vision for the diocese, uh, for what's, so I'd be very, very eager to talk to him about, you know, what is your vision um, for me? Um, where do you think uh, military ministry falls within your schema for the Diocese of Columbus? Because uh, first and foremost, even though I'm a military chaplain, I'm always a priest of Columbus, right? You, there'll be a point where we all take the uniform off, right? We hang our boots up, mm-hmm. but always be a priest of Columbus. Uh, it's just a question of the when and how of uh, kind of of when this ministry ends, so that way to return to active ministry within Ohio. Excellent. Well, Father, thank you so much for joining us, and I think on behalf of um, all of our listeners, thank you for your service, um, both in the church, but but um, with the, the Marines and the Navy. Um, as we wrap up, um, let us end with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we uh, give you thanks for this country and for this nation and for all the men and women who are serving, um, especially in the military. We ask, O Lord, that your blessing and protection be upon them and your blessing and protection be upon um, all of our um, military chaplains. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. Father Dan Schwartz, um, Captain Dan Schwartz, if he's in the Marines, Lieutenant, if he's in... We'll go with Lieutenant. That's in the the future. uh, ...has been with us. Until next time, peace and all good. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. Father Dan Schwartz, um, Captain Dan Schwartz, if he's in the Marines, Lieutenant, if he's in... We'll go with Lieutenant. That's in the the future. uh, ...has been with us. Until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I heard an old joke that shows the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. A pessimist child was brought into a room of toys. He hung his head low and said, I'll probably break one. An optimist child was brought into a room of horse manure. He jumped in, started digging and said, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. (laughs) Now, some of us are just naturally optimists and some are pessimists. But for the Christian, there's something deeper than both those options. It's something called hope. Hope comes from confidence in God's love for us. That no matter what we face in life, God's only motive for allowing it is love. When things look like a pile of manure, you can trust that love. When things break you down on the outside, you can trust that it's part of the plan for your eternal glory and He's building you up on the inside. Scripture tells us that all things work together for the good for those who love and serve God. That's not a call to be an optimist, but to be full of hope. This is Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic.